And I was in the C session. So I had barely made it. Like I was just hit the qualifying total and I was like bottom of the barrel. Um, and I ended up getting bronze overall, wow. uh, which is kind of insane. I just remember like I was in the audience when they were doing the medal announcement and everyone else was like coming from the platform. And I was like, hey, <laughs> I'm going to just come up there. I want to be my current self from this point forward. I want to learn how to play piano. Working with human beings. Drinking wine in the middle of the day. I want to be a Driver. I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just kind of work with kids, getting them ahead in life. I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be a baseball player. Brewmaster. A winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? I'm Blake Fletcher, and this is the Half Hour Intern Podcast, where we explore the interesting paths people take in life. We are back, you guys. It is so, so, so good to be back. Uh, again, I apologize that I was out for a while. I had some health issues that took, uh, unfortunately, a while to get over, but I have absolutely crushed them now, and I have no more health issues, and I'm feeling great, and it is so good to be back doing the show with you all. So in today's episode, which just so happens to be the 200th episode of Half Hour Intern, we have Jackie Alberts Long, who is an Olympic-style weightlifting competitor, and just so happens that just this past month, Jackie actually won gold at the USA Weightlifting National Championship in the 63-kilogram category. So she is truly one of the best in the entire world at what she does, at weightlifting. So she'll explain to us what weightlifting is, like like professional style weightlifting and what uh, events you do and the um, lifts that you have to complete. And uh, something really cool about Jackie is that her background is not at all in weightlifting. Her her prior background before recently getting into weightlifting, which is just crazy how quickly she excelled at it, was in gymnastics. She has a whole history in gymnastics for kind of the rest of her life. And she, we will kind of talk about that dichotomy and the sort of misconceptions that people have about uh, weightlifters in general, but also specifically female weightlifters and the like stereotypes that they get and everything and how Jackie of all people kind of uh, really breaks some of those stereotypes and, uh, and we'll learn a lot more other cool things about the whole world of Olympic style weightlifting. So without further ado, here is Weightlifter. Jackie, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I think I would like to start with you telling us a little bit about your history and like when exactly you got into weightlifting and then when you decided to start taking it seriously. I, I think something that's really awesome and cool from your background and your history is that you used to be into gymnastics competitively. And, and to me, that seems like such an interesting and weird switch to go from something like gymnastics to something like weightlifting. What, was it like this gradual shift between the two or was it like a very immediate hard stop to gymnastics and like, I am going into weightlifting. I fell in love. It's well, it's interesting. So I was a gymnast my whole life. Like before I could even walk, my mom would bring me to like mommy and me gymnastics classes and like move my arms and legs around, like mainly for flexibility. But, um, yeah, I did it probably since I was one till I was 16 and uh, I competed internationally, nationally, um, and I got injured. And when you're 16 and a gymnast, that's kind of like your prime. You know, the gymnasts are right. typically younger. Um, if you watch the Olympics, they're usually between like 18 to 22. So it was just a bad time to be injured. And it took me out for over a year. 
And then when I tried to come back, it was just not there anymore. So I quit gymnastics. When you say it wasn't there, you mean the physically you weren't there or mentally you weren't into it? I couldn't keep up. And I wasn't where I was when I, before I got injured. And at that point it was like, I'm never going to get to the place where I want to be. So I quit uh, competing and I coached for a little while um, on a team. And then I, you know, I, I did that while I was in college. I graduated from college and a friend of mine was like, you should try CrossFit. Like you'd be really good at it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like I'll give it a shot. And I did that for a while. And Jake, my coach is the owner of the gym that I go to. And he was like, you know, you should probably try weightlifting. And I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. And it took him a lot of years of convincing me to do it. Um, and he would like randomly show me numbers and be like, look, you could qualify for nationals because you're really strong. And I was like, eh, I don't know. And he was like, just try a local meet and see if you like it. And I was like, okay, fine. So and Jake's he- a cool dude, by the way. So because Jake was actually referred to be on this show and Jake said, no, 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 no. You don't want to talk to me. You shouldn't talk to me about weightlifting. You should talk to Jackie. Like that's who you need to talk to. Like she's the right one. And uh, and that's so awesome that you're, this guy who's your coach is like uh, hyping you up like that and like cares so much about it, like you and your development. And I guess like believes in you that much. And it's interesting that he believed in you that much back then. Like why what, did he go around to just like everyone and was telling everyone like you should get into weightlifting or like what is it that he saw in you that he was like yeah, like Jackie, it's got to be you. Like you really need to start weightlifting and let me coach you. I think he like in CrossFit, there's movements that are weightlifting movements, the snatch and the clean and jerk. So I was, I'm, I've been strong my whole life. Like I've just, that's just been who I am. I've always been really strong. I was a very powerful gymnast. Those were my strengths there. So he saw like, wow, this, like I can move well, I'm very strong. So I had a good base for weightlifting and he saw that and was like, you really should do this. And I was like, uh, I don't want to do weightlifting. And he was like, you just give it a shot. So I did a meet that he actually does. He puts on at our gym and I qualified for nationals at that meet. Um, and it was the first meet I'd ever done. And then my next meet was nationals and I ended up, um, getting third, which, uh, was kind of crazy. Um, That's really crazy. Wait, so you're going to have to put some sort of like timeline perspective in here for us. So like from what point in time, how long were you, were you training for uh, like seriously with weightlifting before there was even that, that qualifier. And then from the qualifier to get to nationals until nationals, how much time between those two things that you like really, I assume, buckled down and were like, all right, I need to like not make a fool out of myself in nationals. I need to like get really freaking strong so I can do this thing. Yeah. So <laughs> honestly, not a lot. Um, so uh, the meet, the meet that I qualified for nationals at was in April and I probably didn't start seriously training until March um, before that. What? I had just gotten married in March. And I then was like, okay, from the month between I get married and I compete, I'll like really take this seriously. Um, so not very long. <laughs> but you obviously, so you're doing CrossFit all the time and stuff. So you're obviously already very fit. It's not like you, you know, for people listening to this, it's not like you're just 
sitting on your couch and watching TV yeah. every day. And then one day decide, Oh, I think I'll go lift weights. It's like, you were yeah, already was, like, very capable off the couch and then like lifting crazy weights. It was, I definitely already, I was very familiar with the lifts. So it wasn't like I came from zero to a hundred. Um, I was very much familiar with them. I just didn't really train them for to say, I just do them in a workout. Right. So I wasn't really like focused on them at all. And then uh, the meet was in April and then nationals was in August that year. So um, between April and August, I started training for that. Um, and I was in, so they break up the sessions um, at nationals, A session, B session, C session, A session are the top, you know, 10 to 15 in the, like they have the highest qualifying total. So they're typically the ones that are going to win. Um, and I was in the C session, so I had barely made it. Like I was just hit the qualifying total and I was like bottom of the barrel. Um, and I ended up getting bronze overall, wow. um, which is kind of insane. I just remember like I was in the audience when they were doing the medal announcement and everyone else was like coming from the platform. And I was like, hey, <laughs> I'm going to just come up there. Uh, and yeah, it was pretty, pretty crazy. I didn't expect that at all. And I don't think Jake did either. So, um, and ever since I've been doing that, so that was in 2015. Yeah. 2015. So I've only been weightlifting for about two years. Okay. So tell us about the, the qualifier and then that first nationals and stuff like that. I, I assume pretty much nobody listening to this has any sort of idea about what a competition like that is like. So what do you have to do? Are uh, like what I, uh, and by that, I mean like what sorts of lifts do you have to do? And then are your scores from every lift average together? Are there some lifts that matter more than other ones? How many uh, attempts do you get at doing each lift? Uh, yeah. Like how's it all go down? Okay. So um, Olympic weightlifting is two lifts. So it's the snatch and the clean and jerk. So the snatches from straight from the floor overhead um, without stopping or pausing. It's just one fluid movement. And then the clean and jerk is you, the clean is from the ground to your shoulders. And then there's a pause. And then you do from your shoulders overhead, um, which is the jerk. So there's the two lifts and you get two, uh, three attempts at each lift. Um, and you basically, you want to get the highest weight as possible. So um, everything's in kilograms, nothing's in pounds because it's an international sport. So everything's in kilograms and you, the bar is, you know, the, the lowest weight is where the first person starts. So, um, we'll just say like, let's say it's a hundred. Um, and then as the weight goes up on the bar, that's where you fit into your attempts. Um, and there's a lot of like strategy behind it. And I leave that up to Jake, my coach, cause he just is like, yeah, just lift the bar. We're, we'll do it at this weight. Um, so you essentially you do your first attempt should typically be a weight that's heavy, but not so challenging that you're not sure you're going to make it. Like it should be one that you're very comfortable with, but still challenging for you. And then you do another attempt, um, higher than that. And then another one higher than that. So, um, if you miss a lift, you can never go down in weight. 
you can either stay at the same weight or you can go up. Okay. You can never go down. So that's why it's important that you pick a weight that you're comfortable with. And so you get three lifts, not three screw ups. Like, so you can't just yeah. keep lifting all day long until you no. go more and more and more and more. Yeah. So if you miss all three, then you get zero. That your score is nothing. Right. Um, and you essentially bomb out. That's like kind of like the term we use is um, if you miss three of any one of them, you bombed out of the meet and you can't total like you cannot win essentially because your score at the end is your total combined weight of snatch and clean and jerk. So your best snatch weight and your best clean and jerk weight, they add them together and that's your score. Okay. So it's total weight lifted. Um, so it, no lift is matters more than the other. Um, they're both equally important. Um, and like I said, it's just a total, like they add them together and that's your score. Okay. And how long is it usually between the, I mean, would it be similar to just going to a gym? Like if you, let's say you, you do one and you're then going to wait, what, maybe like two to three minutes before you do the next one? No, actually it's, um, so let's say my lift was a hundred. There might be several lifters at a hundred. You know, that might be a lot of people are doing a hundred. Um, so you, if you do your first lift, there's several people that will have to go at that weight after you. So you could wait. 10, oh, right. Because just logistics. They're not going to want to have to change the weights every single time. Right. So if I make, say I make a hundred and my next one is 105, then I have to wait till the bar gets to 105. So everyone that did a hundred, everyone that's doing 101, 102, and it keeps going until now. Okay. We're at 105. That's my next attempt. Um, and it's also an order of, which attempt you're on. If you're on your first attempt, but someone's on their third attempt, the first attempt person will go first and then wait until everyone's done their firsts or their seconds. And then if it's someone's third attempt, they'll go last. So there's, it's kind of complicated and confusing. And I still don't really like, even after a few years, it's like, I still kind of forget certain things, but um, yeah, so the, the weight is always going up and you kind of fit into where you're going to lift the weight. Okay. Do you like that better or wor- like, I imagine that's got to kind of suck, like having to wait like yeah. 20, 30 minutes to do a lift. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. Um, because you don't know typically how long you'll be waiting in between lifts because there could be a ton of people at that weight. There could be no one at that weight. There could be a few people so sometimes if you're waiting too long, you might go in the warm up area and do a lift or a pull or something so that you feel some weight and you're not just cold sitting there. Um, and then if you're, let's say there's another way that works. If you're the strongest lifter in your session, you might follow yourself constantly. So you only have two minutes in between lifts because there's no one else to go. Um, so you're the only one and they only give you a two minute break in between attempts. Um, so that's also really hard because you know, you're super tired you're just lifting at a hundred percent and now two minutes later you need to do it again. So, um, it varies. It depends on, uh, everyone else in your session and where they're lifting. So, um, you kind of get an idea because they'll post, um, everyone's opening attempts on a big spreadsheet. So you, your coach will have an idea of like when you're going to go and, but you can also kind of lie on your attempt sheet because 
you can just go up immediately as soon as they start the session and be like, actually, I'm going to do 90 instead of 85. So, um, so you don't really know until things actually start moving. Do where- people purposely do a bunch of that just to like get in other people's heads? Yeah. And- yeah. That's so great. I love that. Yeah. I always put an attempt low. My openers lower than I'm actually going to open at. Um, it's just part of like the strategy of yeah. weightlifting. Yeah. So how does the competition go down? Like how many days is it over? Is it just one day? And if so, how many hours long is it? Um, and just what's kind of like the general vibe and, and do you make friends with people there? Do you just make enemies with people? there? <laughs> How's it go? Yeah. So, um, it's only just one, you're only in one session. Um, typically they're about two hours. Um, sometimes they take a little bit longer and, um, you weigh in, uh, two hours prior to your session time. That's like the USAW rule. So you do your weigh in, you say your attempts, um, like your openers, and then you have two hours to rehydrate, eat something, um, and warm up. And then the session starts, there's a 10 minute clock. And then the session starts like one after they've announced all the lifters, they have a 10 minute clock and then they'll start the first attempt. Um, then you'll do all the snatches will happen. And then there's a 10 minute break in between snatch and clean and jerk and then all the clean and jerk. So, um, it's typically about two hours. Um, but I mean, you make friends, uh, it's not like no one's like trying to, I don't know. It's not like a game where you're like shit talking each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, totally. You obviously want to win and you're paying attention to everyone else and what they're doing, but it's very, it's a very individual sport. Like it's, it's not, I'm more concerned about what I'm doing rather than what everyone else is doing. Right. And I don't know if that's the case for every weightlifter, but for me, I'm just like, I have personal goals, like personal lifts I want to hit, personal numbers, um, things like that. So I'm not really that concerned with what everyone else is doing. Um, I'm more just worried about my own lifting. Yeah. Um, and you make kind of friends. I mean, I'm not, I'm very new to the weightlifting world and I noticed that there are like people that have been competing with each other for years and I'm just not there because I've only been doing it for a couple of years, but I've gotten to know some people and everyone's super friendly and nice. Like I've never heard of any like weird beef between weightlifters, but yeah, totally. Sure it exists. I just don't know about it. <laughs> yeah. So your first time out, you got uh bronze, which is incredible. And then just this past weekend, uh, you got gold. It just happened to be in nationals again. And you just got gold, which is amazing. Um, and I, like, what is the difference between the person that gets gold and the person that gets silver? Is it like, uh, you know, one kilogram or is it like 10 kilograms? It, it really varies. Um, the first time I did nationals and I got bronze, um, it was like a few kilogram difference between all three of us. Usually it's not a lot. It's not like, 20 kilos or something like that. Like usually they're pretty close. Um, I got bronze again the following year. Um, and again, it was fairly close. I don't remember the exact difference, but it was like within probably five kilos or something. Um, and then this year when I got gold, what's interesting is, um, they recently just changed the rules of weightlifting this year. Um, they went into effect in January and it used to be if there was a tie, the person who weighed less wins. So we all are in the same weight class, but obviously the weight class is between um, five kilos. So it's from 
58.1 to 63. That's the weight class. I'm in the 63 kilo class. So you're, you have to weigh within that range. Okay. Um, but some people weigh less, like not everyone weighs exactly 63 kilos. Some people weigh 62 point whatever, or 61. So, um, typically if there is a tie in a lift, the person who weighs less would be the winner. Um, that's awesome. But it's not like that anymore. Um, they changed that. That was the rule forever. And now the rule is whoever makes the lift first, whoever attempted that weight first wins. Um, so if that uh, way, damn, it really changes everything like yeah, dynamics so you actually, wise. Yeah. You actually have to outlift the other person. Um, so if you know that, that that's the lift that they hit, then you, the only way to beat them is to lift more weight. Um, so it actually, I mean, it makes sense. Um, either way, I think it makes sense, but this way you actually have to beat them in terms of like, I, you have to lift more weight. Um, and, the, right. and when I you're on your third attempt and you're trying to decide like how high up should I go for my third attempt, it, it really behooves you to push it, it like your absolute hard. and not that yeah. you wouldn't be pushing it your hardest anyways, but I mean, yeah, like know, it, knowing that yeah. somebody else could come and, and get up over you and, and, and win like that. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is that with, so if, for example, if you lift a hundred and you make it and someone lifts a hundred after you and they make it, you won because you attempted it first. Right. If they saw that you got a hundred, they have to do one oh one in order to beat you. So they're aware that they're they have to go over whatever the last lift was. Then doesn't um, it the, isn't it beneficial to be at the end of the line? Like to always be lifting last? Yeah. Yeah. Um it is, but it also now it isn't necessarily. Um, because if you're last, um you can't just do the last whatever the last lifter did you have to go higher right so but it's like uh, i'm thinking smarter. of like um whatchamacallit uh like the price is right where people just go like one dollar higher you know it's right. like it, like one kilogram it, i mean it, it's not that like it can't be that much different like uh, like it if, actually if, can be it's surprising really yeah i mean i've gone one kilo higher and missed um, when I can usually make a lift, that's maybe a kilo less than that. It's 2.2 pounds, which doesn't seem like a lot, but especially when I what you're PR talking about, 2.2 pounds kilo. added on to 250 right. pounds already. It's like, okay, what's the difference between 250 pounds or 252, you know? Yeah. You, you think so, but it actually does make a difference. <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah. Um, so me and the girl who got second or silver, both we actually tied, but I hit the lifts first. I got the total before she did. So I won. So why um, did she not try to go above you or did she, so, but she failed that one and it was like her second yeah, lift that she tied you so or something? Essentially that's kind of, so we both got our total on our second, by the time we got our second clean and jerk. So we each had one attempt left and we were attempting actually the same weight and I was going first and I, I missed and she was going after me and she was attempting the same weight. And if she had gotten it, she would have won, but she didn't. She also missed. So she was going, we were both going into that thinking like, if I get this and they don't, I'll win. Um, and I didn't get it. So she attempted it. And then she also didn't get it. So I technically won because I had hit the total before her. Wow. Yeah. It was very exciting. I mean, it doesn't really normally exciting. come 
down to that. Usually it's pretty much in the bag. Um, not by a lot, but usually by a couple of kilos. So you don't really have to get it down to the wire like that. So it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. Um, that, but it happened that way. It's never really not, I've never seen that happen. So, yeah. um, it was pretty cool. <laughs> so I would love to talk about the kind of mental aspect to all this and like the balance between mental and physical and everything. But before we get into that, and I, I assume this will kind of tie into the mental thing a little bit, I would love to talk about Jake, your coach, um, and what the heck you do as a weightlifting coach? Like, what, like, what does he do for you exactly? I think most people are like, especially when you only have two lifts and you're doing the same lifts over and over again. Like, is he just keeping your posture in line? Is he more there as like a motivator? Like, what does a coach do exactly to help you get better at what you're doing? So he does all of my programming. Um, so he is like my weekly training. He maps it all out for me. Um, and it's a variation of a lot of things. Obviously I'm doing snatches and clean and jerks constantly, but there you break the movement down. You'll do like different positions of each lift. Um, you'll do accessory work like squat cycles, um, different methods of squatting. So there's a lot of like different programming that goes into it. Um, and he does all of that. I just follow the, the sheet, you know, mm -hmm. like I don't think about that stuff. Um, in terms of, he also, when he's there coaching me, like, he'll be like, Oh, like keep your chest up, like stay over the bar longer. And those are things that I don't notice, um, as I'm lifting, like totally, I feel the difference between a good and a bad lift, but he tells me why and what to change. And he'll video a lot and like do slow motion to like, see exactly what's happening. Cause it, the lifts happen fairly quickly. Um, like why was one lift better than the other? What do I need to focus on more during this lift? Um, you know, feeling the weight in my feet and like where my feet are landing. And there's a lot that it's, weightlifting is a very technical sport. Um, very similar to gymnastics where you have to have very good body awareness, um, knowing where your body is in space and how the bot, how the weight is landing on you, how it's moving in the air and how you're controlling it is make or break on a lift. Like you could yeah. be super strong, but you, if you can't get the bar in the right place, then it's not going to happen for you. Right. And so, it's all happening so fast kind of. That yeah. It happens very quickly and, um, it's very, it has to be super precise or it's not going to, it, you're not going to get the lift. Yeah. Um, it strikes me as well as being, uh, like, like golf or something. Like it's very hard yeah. to correct your own golf swing because you're swinging, you know, like, and it's happening yeah. so fast that like, you have to have just someone there watching you to be like, do you know what you just did? And you're like, well, I know that, that, that when I hit the ball, it like, I, I shanked it and it looked terrible. Like, and so I know I must've done something wrong, but it was super fast. So I don't know exactly, you know, yeah, like you're saying, exactly. it's like, you can know like, okay, this doesn't feel quite right, but what about it doesn't feel quite right? You know, yeah, like, could, what if am you I could tell like, me, that'd be great. Exactly. So he's, that's a lot of like what he does when he watches me lift and things. Um, and then out of me, you know, he's the one doing all of those weight changes and figuring out like counting for me, knowing like, when am I going to go? Things like that. Like I couldn't do that alone. Like there's no way I could do it without him. Um, so he's there, obviously he's there to motivate me and all that, but, um, like any coach would, but he's really the strategy behind it all. Like I'm just there to pick up the weight, you know, like I'm just there to do what I do. And he's doing all of the behind the scenes, like 
counting and figuring out changes and how many attempts out, like when to lift the bar, like in warmups, like when should I hit this weight? When should I hit that weight? Um, so he just, he's the brains behind it all. I just pick up the bar. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that your background with gymnastics has kind of helped you with it? Not, I don't mean, uh, Physically, I mean, more uh, mentally and just being in the flow of everything and, and being coached, like it, it, did gymnastics help you out with all this? Oh, absolutely. I mean, physically, yes, of course. But um, mentally, you know, I've been competing in a sport very seriously since I was eight years old. So for me, it's like that's just part of my DNA. Like I'm I'm one, a very super competitive person, but um knowing like what mindset to be in, um, a lot of positive visualization that I do when I'm there or in the gym and like thinking about how does this lift look perfectly? And I need to imagine myself executing it that way. And we would do that in gymnastics too. We would, you know, imagine us doing the routine to perfection and like going through every single movement and keeping your nerves under control is super hard too in that setting because you want to be amped up and, you know, excited and like ready to crush some weight, but you also need to like keep your nerves in check so that you're not super nervous. You're not doing things that you wouldn't normally do staying in, under control. And that's something that I learned in gymnastics. Cause if you're not in control, then you're going to fall off the beam. You're not going to, you know, do the bar routine. Right. Um, so you need to be in both kind of like calm and also like ready to, you know, crush some Kick stuff. Some so. Yeah. It's so funny, especially with weightlifting. Like, you know, there's, it obviously really behooves you to come in with this, like, I'm going to kick some ass sort of attitude. Like, and because it, yeah, I mean, it makes you want to lift stuff more, like throw it <laughs> around. But, um, yeah, like you could really hurt yourself if that's like your only, your only attitude when you're going yeah. in. Or you can also, you just won't execute the lift, right? Like in powerlifting, it's a little bit more straightforward. You're just lifting the weight where you want as much energy and excitement as you can. But with weightlifting, the lifts are so technical and precise that you have to be in the right mindset where you're like, I do this every day, just do it the way you always do it and you'll get the lift where in a powerlifting kind of setting where you're just deadlifting a bar, the, the form isn't as important as it is in weightlifting. So it's, um, it definitely, you need to be calm, but amped <laughs> at the same time. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a very mental game, uh, weightlifting. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about that and about like, I guess, staying motivated and staying in a good headspace when you feel like you're not in a good headspace yeah it's i mean honestly and i don't know if this is the case for all weightlifters but i have a lot of bad days you know in the gym where lifts are just not happening for me and i don't know what's going on and it's very frustrating because you're like i can hit these lifts any day and it's not happening for me today and i don't know why and um it's very mentally draining and frustrating and hard and it's like, how do you motivate yourself to keep going? And honestly, like, I think it's just comes down to the person. Like, I'm just, I'm, like I said, I'm very competitive and I don't, I hate failure. Um, so I never want to fail at anything. So if I have a bad day, I'm like, just tomorrow's a new day, do better that day. And I think that's what keeps me going. 
um, and, and doesn't make me want to like quit the sport because it is so mentally tough. Um, because you're not like, it's not like something like running where you're just like pushing yourself physically. Like weightlifting is hard physically for sure. And you have to be strong, but it's the mental toughness of like constantly failing and wanting to get up and do it again. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm, I think it's just something innate. Um, I come from a really strong background of like military family and I've had really tough men that I looked up to my whole life and women, you know, my mom is a very tough person. So I think that I just have that innate, you know, longing for doing things like this, like just being motivated and wanting to succeed. And I think that's why I can do it. Um, but also like I've bombed out at meets before, which is really one of the hardest things to deal with in weightlifting is, you know, you train for this meet and then you fail. Like you can't, you just lost essentially and wanting to continue and then go to another meet and do it again is really hard. And I have to just put it behind me and learn from it. And, you know, I always go into the next meet being like, I need to redeem myself here. And normally I do. So, um, yeah, I think I was going to ask, how's that go on a day-to-day basis at the gym? Like you were mentioning, that sometimes, you know, you just don't have it, you know, like it's like a bad day. Um, how do you make the call between, okay, tomorrow I'll, I'm going to come back and kick some ass versus like, I'm not going to let myself leave here today until I at least do blank type of thing. Like, like how, how do you determine when to punt and like, it just, okay, today's not my day. I'm going to come back next week versus like, I need to force myself to kick ass today. Sometimes my mind and body are just not working in sync together. And if I'm like just having a really bad day in the gym, like it's just, it, something's off. Like some, my brain is off my, like the communication between my muscles and my brain are just not working that day. Um, so I like, and that's usually just on the technical stuff. So I'll just, you know, get my squats in, do the work, get it done. And then, you know, worry about the next day. And then, you know, go from there. Cause it happens in weightlifting all the time where usually when you're having a bad day, something's just off for you. It's not like something that you can really change that day. It's just, you need to get out of that mind space. And I've gone and like, I've had a bad day and I'll go in the corner and just sit with myself and kind of like give myself a little motivational pep talk and be like, you need to go in there and do what you do every day. And then normally the day gets better. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've definitely had days where things were just off and I just need to leave it there and let it be in the past and go in there the next day with a new attitude and a new mindset and just do better. And normally that helps and it happens for me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sometimes you just freaking don't have it, you know, like not just in, you know, the gym, but in life, it's, that's something I've enjoyed so much about starting this podcast and having this be my my business basically is there's like a thousand things I can do for quote unquote the business like the podcast at any time and so every now and then like I'll have a day where it it might only be like ten in the morning but I just feel like I don't even know what's going like you know my brain is working so slowly and I just don't feel right and it's like whenever I have a day like that now because I have the autonomy to be able to do this I immediately switch from whatever I had planned for that day to basically just doing like like clerical work, you know, like it'll be like, okay, what is like the most boring 
like non-brain intensive stuff that I have to do at some point this week or something, and I'll just stack all of that stuff up for that day. You know, like the right. most boring yeah. possible, like non-exciting activities, and I'll just roll through those. And like like you were saying about like, okay, well maybe I'll just do my squats and stuff anyways. So you know, at least this wasn't a total failure, but I'm not going to uh, you know uh, break any records here today. Yeah, and when you're having an off day with something like a snatch, which is so technical, like once you get to the point where you're not, things are not working and you're frustrated on top of it, it's just not going to happen that day. Like it, there's no way it's going to turn around all of a sudden. So you just are like, all right, I'm just going to move on. I'm going to do squats. I'm going to do accessory work, uh, core stuff, whatever. Like I just need to like get out of this mindset and move on. So that's typically what I do. Yeah. Like, and it happens. It ha- I mean, it, it, I don't want to say it happens all the time, but it happens often. So, and and that's the same. I mean, I'm on a team with other weightlifters and we all have those days. Um, I've never seen anyone have a great day every single day in the gym. Like that just doesn't happen in weightlifting. Yeah. Now I would love to know about physical plateaus and, and also maybe even like an ultimate physical plateau that you've hit or something. So I, um, I I've exercised at the gym since I was a teenager, but I, I I'm probably like the majority of people that exercise, which is things come up in my life and then I stop, you know, and it's like off and on and off and on. And so I've never really, I feel like worked out consistently enough and, and, but I guess also way more importantly, um, cared to keep on upping the weight and keep on upping the weight and keep on upping the weight. Like I, I usually up the weight to a certain point over the course of maybe let's say like six months or something like that. And then I'm like, okay, this is good weight now. And then I kind of just keep doing that weight and mixing up exercises and, and throwing in new types of things and stuff like that. And, and so my body kind of stops getting any bigger. It's just like, okay, this is my body and this is how it is. Now with you, what you do, that's obviously not what you want to do. You actually want to constantly be going up in weight. Um, is there like an ultimate weight that you can hit? Like, when you were at the 2015 nationals, um, the, the people like the person that got gold, then, um, did they lift less weight than you did, uh, this year, 2017? Is it something where the, what like world records are being broken every single year? Like you just need to keep on going up or have there been these kind of like limits set of like, this is kind of how high anyone's ever going to go. So this is the number that you should really be focusing on. No, I mean the, so in 2015, I think the winning total was 200 kilos, um, which I don't know what it was before that. Um, but that's pretty good. You know, for our weight class, it's pretty solid. Um, I think last year the winning total was 208 and I won with 201. Um, so, you know, we went down the, the, woman who won in 2015 didn't compete after that. That was kind of like her last meet. Um, the girl who won in 2016 was injured this year and she didn't compete. Um, but it changes all the time. And I, it usually range is in the same range, but everyone is definitely getting better. Like everyone's really close to the same weights. It's like whoever's having the better day that day. Um, like all of the, I think the top five or top six in the weight class were separated by like six kilos. It was like, from me to the sixth place person was only six kilogram difference. So 
it's everyone's pretty much at the same kind of level. Um, and some people are better at snatch than clean and jerk or they're better at clean and jerk than snatch. So they're kind of like balance out. Um, I'm definitely better at clean and jerk than I am at snatch. So something I focus on is getting better at my snatch so that my total can go up. Um, cause I'm, I'm fairly strong so I can do a clean and jerk pretty good. Like I, you know, that's usually my stronger lift. So I'll usually meddle in clean and jerk in total and not in the snatch because I'm my snatch sucks. So I'm <laughs> get better at that. Um, and I mean, I'm definitely I've gotten stronger every single year. My list uh, when you compare my totals to like 2015 to now, I got bronze with 186 kilograms and I just won with 201 kilos. So that's a 15 kilo difference yeah. in two years, which is pretty huge and. Um, you know, I, I know that that, that kind of improvement isn't going to continue. Um, it's not like, oh, I should be lifting 15 more kilos again. Like it's, it definitely plateaus. And now I get excited about one kilo PRs, you know, like if I can go up one kilogram on my lifts, I'm psyched. So, um, more for me, it's like about consistency and being able to hit, lifts at, you know, really heavy percentages all the time and not failing. And that's kind of what I, my goals are. Um, in terms of like strength, like, I don't feel like I need to get stronger. Like I'm, I'm fairly strong. I think I'm good there, but I, I want to get technically more proficient. So focusing on my lifts, like the snatch and all the different positions and making sure like those are well, those are going well. But, um, yeah, I mean, you definitely hit plateaus. Like I've, I've had like the same, you know, squat PR like for a long time and things like that, where I think that's just like the limit my body can take in terms of strength. So when I felt like I've hit that limit, we kind of focus more on technical stuff that that can always improve. So, that, okay. So that's, yeah, that's so interesting. I guess that's kind of what I was asking because most of us, um, listening to this, I would imagine, unless they are also you know, like you and really, really taking seriously lifting have never hit our own personal record of any sort of lift that we do at the gym, you know? And so that idea of, I think I hit my max for squats is, is a very interesting thing, you know, like, cause I, I, I guess I wouldn't even know like what that would feel like or like how you would know, like, okay, I think that's it. Like, I don't think I have anything more than that. That's got to be strange when you've been going up in weight for squats your whole life. And then all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I don't think this is ever going to go up again. Yeah. I mean, I think I've done like really intense squat cycles and I'll, at the end, I'll be like, I just lifted the same as when I started. So for me, I'm just like, I think this is like my body's max capacity of weight lifting like this or like lift, like actually lifting a bar, um, versus where, you know, yeah, like some people may never know that max. And, um, but that's kind of what I work for is just the max weight that I can lift. Like there's no, like, I don't, I do sets in training and like when I'm doing a squat cycle, it's a lot of reps, but it's, you know, the ultimate goal is to do one max lift, not like how many can I do at this weight? It's one rep. That's it. Right. So, um, yeah, I feel like 
for me and my, I'm sure Jake would disagree with this and he's probably going to listen to it and be like, you're crazy. You can definitely lift more, (laughs) Uh, but I don't think I can. (laughs) So, um, for me, I think that like, I want to focus more on like technical stuff with lifting, not as much like getting stronger. Um, because I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm good there and the failing parts are usually because of the technical stuff. So I think that's where I want to, I'd focus more on. Yeah. So let's talk uh, a little bit about some of that technical stuff and, uh, and other sort of ancillary things around the lift, um, in terms of keeping yourself from getting injured and keeping away pain and just staying healthy and everything. So, um, tell us about what you need to focus on to, uh, yeah, like to keep yourself pain free. Like I imagine posture has just got to be huge and like nutrition, like how are you how are you eating and how are you recovering after um like a, a big day lifting? Yeah. Um Jake always says it takes a village to keep me healthy, <laughs> which it does. Um so I do a lot of recovery stuff. I take ice baths, um, I get a massage every other week, I go to PT. I go to cryotherapy. I get these weird Normatech pants on, which are like massage pants. They, they look, they sound dumb, but, um, essentially they're just like compression therapy on your legs. Um, I am very crazy about nutrition and I follow, I have a nutrition coach that tells me what to eat and how much of it. Um, I'm not really big on supplements. Uh, I, just don't know enough about them. So, I mean, I take protein after I work out and I have like a multivitamin, but it's kind of it. Like I drink coffee or Red Bull or something before I lift. Like that's like my pre-workout is caffeine. Um, and then protein after, and then I, yeah, I mean, I just eat, you know, the way my nutrition coach tells me to. Um, but a lot of it is just like physical, like recovery with, you know, massages and ice baths and, uh, all kind of, I go to PT all the time for different nagging injuries. Um, they're not like debilitating injuries. They're just like, Oh, this thing's bothering me. I need to get it worked out. Um, what, I mean, this all sounds things. like pretty expensive, like the, the list of things that you do. I guess I have really good relationships with people locally that do these things. Um, and they like quote unquote sponsor me. So, um, I, you know, tell people that I go there, I'll do some social media stuff for them and they treat me for free. So, um, because yeah, I mean, I'd be spending like several hundred dollars a week on this stuff if I didn't. So, um, my only kind of, I guess, sponsors are people that keep my body together. So, um, which is super important and weightlifting is really hard on your body. Like I can't even tell you how, much pain I'm basically in all the time. So, uh, my joints, my muscles, I'm just always like feeling broken. Um, so if it wasn't for them, I would be just, I couldn't do it. Like I couldn't do it at this level without a lot of physical recovery. Yeah. So let's, uh, maybe try to give people some advice because I certainly get like out of whack from time to time, especially when I'm going to the gym a decent amount. Um, what, like if, people don't have those sorts of connections and they don't have the money, what, like what things would you prioritize? How would you uh, kind of like help yourself, I guess, if you couldn't necessarily see a physical therapist or get massages and stuff? 
Yeah, I think, um, well, one ice baths, you can do at home in your bathtub. And those are really, I mean, they're crucial and they're so good for your muscles. Like I, I do ice baths about twice a week. Um, they're very painful and it's like digging yourself into a grave, but, um, they're super great for your muscles. If you're, you know, had a really hard day in the gym, like I would definitely recommend an ice bath and that's, you know, pretty much, I don't want to say free because you get, you need a lot of ice. I usually use 20 pounds. Um, but that's like a couple of dollars, you know, you can buy a couple bags of ice and do it at home. So that's super easy and cheap. Um, if I were to recommend one form of therapy, um, that you would pay for, I would say massages for sure. Um, they're like, and going to them fairly regularly. I think if you're not like a, an athlete that trains as much as I do, you don't need them as nearly as often, but I would say once a month, get a really good, find a really good massage therapist near you and get a really deep tissue massage. Um, and maintaining it is super important. Like if you go once a year, that's not going to help you. You're just starting over again. I, it's about consistency and staying, staying on top of it. Mm. Um, so that's super important. That's why I go so often. Um, so that every time I go, I'm in, I'm getting better and better. Um, so I think those two would probably be the best. And then just being smart about what you eat, um, is super important and getting a ton of sleep, um, as well. So that's such a good point on the massage. I've never really considered that before. So maybe if we're not as uh, obviously as intensive as you, um, and we have some nagging like injuries or aches and pains and stuff like that, maybe go get a massage once a week, every week for like a month or two, and then once every other week and then once a month or something, but then still always be keeping it on a very like consistent schedule. Um, so that things don't knock themselves back up as bad. Exactly. Yeah. That way, like every massage you get is an improvement on your body rather than, Oh, we're starting all over again. So, um, yeah, consistency is real important with that stuff. Yeah. So I've asked other people on the show that I've had on, um, that do, anything kind of relating to to exercise and fitness, how they would rank these three things. And I would love to know how you would rank them and what you think about all of them. And that is diet, exercise, and sleep. So in terms of how, you know, your ability to actually hit the goals that you have in the gym, um, how do you rank like actually spending time in the gym and exercising versus spending time in bed and sleeping and, and then your diet? Oh man, that's, that's hard. I feel like they're all so important. Um, I guess I would have to rank training first, um, just cause you're not going to get better if you're not training. Um, so I feel like that's probably number one followed by sleep followed by diet. Um, so for me, like it depends on your goals, um, obviously. And I, I mean, I, I feel like I rank them all very close. So it's like, they're very tight race, I guess. Um, but training is super important. I need to be consistent in the gym first and foremost. Um, and then sleep is so important. I mean, I would be wrecked if I didn't get a solid amount of sleep. Um, how much is that for you? Uh, it depends. Um, I try to get, you know, eight plus hours, um, every day and, sometimes it's more than that. And sometimes it's less. And like, I don't typically set an alarm. My body kind of just knows when it's ready to wake up. And, um, 
I mean, usually I wake up at like 7 a.m. Um, just my body's like internal clock is just like we're waking up now. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes if I'm like my body really needs to sleep, it'll know to sleep in because it's just it needs some extra time. Um, so I kind of follow what my body needs. And yeah, diet is so important as well. But I feel like if I were to rank them, I would put diet last. Um it's important and I, I'm very crazy about it. Um, but I would definitely, I guess it would be last in, in the order of importance. So on the sleep side, it, because I mean, a, a lot of people have so many, have so much variation in their lives that it's very difficult to tell the actual root cause of any sort of problem that you're having, or if you feel off on a given day, um, you know, even if you're trying to sit, think back, like, oh, like, what did I eat earlier today? Maybe it's because of something I ate. It's like, well, I ate like 7,000 things already today. Like, how do I know what's making me feel this way? You have a very regimented diet. You have very structured exercise. You so consistently exercise. So if let's say you got a, a pretty bad night's sleep or, you know, you didn't get as much sleep for like two or three days in a row, will you actually notice it in, in what you are able to do at the gym? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I my mainly it's the mental thing. Like it'd just be completely off. And if I'm like at all sleep deprived or I feel tired mentally, it's just, it's not going to happen that day. Like I always have my worst days when I didn't get enough sleep. Like that's usually when those days where I'm like, no, it's not coming together. Um, is because I'm just tired, um, mentally, mainly like my body can physically do it. It's just, it's not communicating with it. So it's, it's definitely the sleep is the probably where I notice the most issues if I didn't get enough or something like that. How structured do you have to live your life to be able to do this? Oh my God. So structured. So, um, that's like the only way I can succeed. Um, my, so I have a full-time job, um, outside of weightlifting. So this isn't, all I do. Um, if you know, it's, it's like having two full-time jobs and everyone I work with is like, I don't understand how you do this. Like, and I just make it work. And I also travel a lot for work. So I do a lot of drop-ins at different gyms all over the place, um, while I'm traveling and I'm very regimented in what I eat and everyone makes fun of me because of it. Um, because like everyone's going out to eat or something and I'm, you know, eating like, you know, weighing everything or being really crazy about what I'm eating or something like that. Um, and I will work out at five in the morning if I have to, or really late at night if I have to. Um, but I'm super regimented and that's the only way I could do it all. So it's definitely like the, the key to success for me for sure. And it's definitely even, it's a, a disadvantage because most of the people I compete against don't work full time. Um, their lives are weightlifting. So for theirs me, are almost even more regimented than yours because they can always yeah. be at the gym at the exact same time every day. Right. And I'm like, I have to just make it work. So, um, but I, I make sure that it's a priority for me. How many days or hours per week? Do you, so how many days per week do you lift? And then how many hours per time that you're at the gym, do you, do you stay there? I lift, uh, five days a week. Um, I usually have two days off. I've tried to do six, but my body just can't handle six days. 
in a row. Um, so I do five days a week, three days on, then I have a day off and then two days on and then a day off. Um, and I spend about, and it varies, um, but usually about three hours training a day. Wow. Um, Crazy. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll, I'll have to split it up if I'm busy with work and I can't do three hours straight. I can do, you know, an hour or two in the morning, an hour and two in the evening. Um, so it's typically takes about three hours. Yeah. Um, and then what other exercises do you do as well? Or, or are you pretty much strictly lifting at this point? Um, I do, I'll do like cardio stuff. Like I'll do CrossFit. Um, I still love CrossFit and doing it as a workout. So I'll do like whatever the class workout is that day. Um, or I'll bike. I really like cycling. Um, so I'll do that for like cardio. So anything that I do outside of weightlifting is strictly like cardiovascular to keep myself, um, healthy in that way. Uh, I do enough lifting. I don't need to do anything else there. Um, but I, in terms of like cardiovascular training, I'll try and do like cycling or CrossFit or, um, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some misconceptions that you think people would have about, uh, weightlifters in general? And then if there's any like specific misconceptions or thoughts that you think people would have about female weightlifters that are incorrect? Oh God. Well, first of all, Everyone in the world thinks I'm a bodybuilder um, because of the way I look. Um, obviously, I'm pretty, I have, you know, decent muscles and they always assume I'm a bodybuilder or powerlifter. Not a lot of people even know what Olympic weightlifting is. Right. Um, they don't, they're like, what's a snatch and what's a clean and jerk? And um, so I do a lot of explaining. So that's um, a lot. And everyone thinks that I'm like some meathead. Um, kind of woman. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of people just don't understand the sport. And I think the biggest misconception for women is that we're a bunch of like jacked, crazy people and bodybuilders, um, where that's, I don't even know how to like, when, if we have accessory work, that's anything like bodybuilding, I don't even know how to do them. Like Jake has to explain them to me. <laughs> Cause I'm like, what is like a row? What's a curl? Like, I don't understand. And, um, so it's kind of funny because I don't know anything about bodybuilding, but everyone just assumes that's what I do. Yeah. Um, I think that's with any woman in a strength sport, that's just the first misconception is that we are bodybuilders. So, right. Or that you're just like, flow overflowing with testosterone and whatever which is so funny because if you look at your background your background is in gymnastics and people always feel the exact opposite about gymnasts which is like oh they're so dainty and they're so they're so feminine you know right, um, right. and here you are doing both you know so yeah they definitely a lot of people don't think we're very like feminine women and um you know every girl or woman that i see a weightlifting meet has her nails done, has her hair looking good, like has makeup on and is looking great. And a lot of people think that we're just like these very masculine women and it's just not the case at all. Yeah. Is your husband really into, uh, to the gym and weights as well? Um, he does CrossFit and, uh, trains at the same gym as I do, but he doesn't do weightlifting and he knows how to do the movements, but, uh, the gym is kind of like our time to ourselves, but we end up going at the same time, but like we don't work out together ever. Um, it's very rare that we're working out at the same time or together. I mean, um, we'll be there at the same time, but 
not doing the same thing at all. Um, but he's very familiar with it. He comes to all of my meets. Um, he's super supportive and he's, you know, he travels with me to nationals every year and all that. So he's very supportive, but he like, we kind of just don't talk about it. (laughs) It's like, that's my thing. And he has his thing. And, uh, Jake thinks it's hilarious that we never talk about weightlifting ever as that's a couple, cool. but <clears throat> Excuse me. that's just my thing. And, um, yeah, that's cool. That's sometimes a good way to keep it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so what do you think some of the major things are that you've learned about your body and fitness in general that have kind of helped you succeed as, as you continue to go down this path? Um, things I've learned about my body. Um, I know that it needs a lot of recovery, which I grew up as an athlete as a child and in my teen years. And when you're that young, your body just instantly recovers and you're just like, I can go again later. Like my body definitely can't do that anymore. Um, and I realized like, wow, it has its limits. Like you need to take really good care of it in order to perform at this level. So I never knew anything about recovery or any of that stuff until I became a weightlifter. Um, and now it's like so important to me. So I learned a lot about that. I learned a lot, obviously I've, I'm, I've been strong my whole life and that's obviously helped me as a weightlifter and why I'm, you know, where I am. But, um, I didn't realize the potential of it and how strong it could be. Um, so I've learned a lot about that, which is really cool. And, um, it's something that's really empowering for me. So I, you know, as a child, I kind of got made fun of for being strong. You know, I was always beating the boys at stuff and, um, I could always like do more pull-ups than them or whatever. And that was like almost a thing that I was made fun of and bullied for when I was a kid. And now it's something that gives me a lot of strength, like emotionally too. So totally. God, that's great. Um, all right, let's, uh, finish this thing up, Jackie, with, uh, any sort of advice that you would give to people that wanted to start either lifting a lot more than they're currently doing or maybe even lifting competitively? Oh gosh. Yes. Um, so in the beginning in weightlifting, you see a lot of progress really fast and it's awesome. But then people kind of fall off because they realize that that progress, that rate of progress isn't going to continue. Um, and it, the days, the bad days start kind of getting more and more. Um, and you, find smaller and smaller progression. And that gets really frustrating for people, but I tell, always tell people to stick it out and continue and it'll get, you'll still continue to progress. It just might not be at that crazy fast rate at the beginning. Um, also like take really good care of your body. Um, you know, at first your body can handle the workload, but after a while it starts to kind of break down Um, so keeping on top of it in the beginning will be super helpful for you in the long run. Um, you don't want yeah, you don't want to catch an injury after it's happened. It's you want to prevent them. So, um, that's why the recovery is so important. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I wish more people would be involved in the sport and it's definitely gotten a lot bigger. Um, CrossFit is the reason for that for sure, because, it, of its popularity and the lifts are in CrossFit. So people are, you know, being introduced to them in that space and it transfers over a lot. So, um, yeah, I mean, I hope more people get involved in it. What are you, are you able to win anything? Like what, what happened when you got gold? I just win a gold medal. I mean, 
there it's an Olympic sport. So there's no like money, um, that you win. Um, there's some invitational meets that people run that there's money, um, like cash prizes and stuff. Um, but it's just about the recognition of being like, I get to call myself a national champion, which is really cool. Um, Will you be at the next uh, Olympic games? I I doubt it. (laughs) Why do you say that? I mean, it's in 2020. Um, so we have a, you know, a decent amount of time before that. And it's a, that's a whole other podcast of explaining the rules and the selection process (laughs) Olympics, but we don't send a lot of people and there's so many, there's like a bunch of different weight classes and it's very complicated. Um, so I mean, I don't want to say it's impossible. Um, I just don't know if it's if it's going to happen. <laughs> you don't know if it's likely to happen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Well, we will be on the lookout for you just in case. And uh, yeah, and we can all Google search your name and see how you just got gold and everything. Uh, Jackie, this has been so awesome. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank hey, you. This I hope awesome. you all enjoyed really the episode. If you on. did, I would appreciate it so much if you considered leaving a review for the show on iTunes. I swear it'll only take like two minutes. Um, just search for the show on iTunes, click on it, click on ratings and reviews. You can leave a quick review um, or just uh, keep listening to the show. I appreciate that as well. Or tell a friend about the show or something. And if you have any ideas for the show, if you have a particular job or hobby that you would like to hear interviewed on the show, if you yourself think that you do something interview worthy and you would like to tell the world about what this job or hobby is that you have, head on over to halfhourintern.com. There's a link right there at the top that says submit your ideas and you could submit your ideas for the show, be them uh, somebody else that you would like me to interview, a particular field that you would like to hear about, or even if it is you yourself that would like to come on the show. Thanks so much for listening, you guys.